0: Listen to CJSW all day long, but now CJSW wants to listen to you. Go to CJSW.com/slash survey to submit your feedback and be entered to win one of two Slat Island Discovery Passes. Hello
1: and welcome to CJSW Age-Friendly Programming, broadcasting on 90.9 FM in Calgary and on Treaty 7 and Region 3 territory. Our program is called Age to Perfection and Old Enough to Know Better. I'm Linda Rainey.
0: And I'm Kathy Burrow.
1: We'd like to talk a little bit about Seniors Week, which is coming up the full week beginning June 2nd and ending June 9th in Calgary and throughout our province. It's time to start planning now. A number of venues are offering free events and discounts to anyone 65 years and older during Seniors Week. Here are just a few examples I found on the City of Calgary website. Just click on the Events tab and scroll to the month of June and you'll see what I mean. The Calgary Zoo is offering 20% off admission on June 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Heritage Park is extending a 50% discount during Seniors Week. Studio Bell is offering free admission to seniors on June 3rd and 4th here's your chance to check out some historical music treasures and participate in some interactive activities. The Kirby Center, located at 1133 7th Avenue Southwest, has a full schedule of Seniors Week events planned. Starting Monday, June 3rd, there are daily activities and presentations. Life is a Journey, So Live Your Best Life runs on Monday, June 3rd, from noon until 2 p.m. On Tuesday, June 4th, Twin Hearts Meditation will teach you how to attain inner peace, joy, and fulfillment. These programs are free, but you are required to register in advance at the Kirby Center at 403-705-3233. On Wednesday, June 5th at Kirby from 9.30 until 11.30 a.m., you can attend a presentation on Strategies to Improve Your Brain Health and understanding dementia. Also on Wednesday, June 5th, there's a $10 luncheon followed by a $2 dance. On Thursday, June 6th, you can attend an expressive arts workshop from 10 a.m. till noon, and on Friday, June 7th, there's a financial and personal security presentation from 10 a.m. till noon. Once again, these events are free, but you are required to register. Saturday at Kirby Centre wraps up with a talk about benefits and pensions from 10 a.m. till 11.30. The Glenbow Museum offers free admission on Tuesday, June 4th from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. And the Telespark and Science Centre has free seniors admission from June 3rd through June 7th from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. The third Action Film Festival is on from June 7th till June 9th at the Glenbow Museum Theatre. You can check out nine screenings over the weekend, and there will also be talks, an art show, and much more. Tickets are priced very reasonably at $10. CJSW is proud to be a sponsor of this year's Third Action Film Festival. The big reveal has just been disclosed, and here's what you can expect to see at the Third Action Film Festival this year. Driving Miss Daisy is the feature presentation for the afternoon matinee. There will be eight speakers this year and three filmmakers, including Victoria Burns, Steve Oldfield, and David Malouf. You'll also see Lynn Godet of The Raging Grannies, along with Hilary Chapel and Cartledge, Lisa Poole and Donna Durand. The mini-theatre features Playhouse of Possibility, which comprises of 17 three-minute documentaries. The main attraction has 22 films in all, Check out the 3rd Action Film Festival website for all the details for this fabulous festival running June 7th through June 9th in celebration of seniors. Lunchbox Theater at 115 9th Avenue Southeast is featuring two one-act plays put on by the FLC Seniors Acting Club, taking a look at an ageist world and the search for affordable housing. Tickets are $15 and performances are Sunday, June 2nd and Sunday, June 9th at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. The shows are two hours long. Fort Calgary is offering seniors free admission on June 8th and 9th. And Bonas Park has a guided tree tour for a maximum of 30 participants on June 8th from 1 till 2 p.m. Phone 311 to register. And finally... The Greater Forest Lawn Seniors Club at 3425 26th Avenue Southeast are having an outhouse race on Saturday, June the 8th from 1.30 till 4.30 p.m. This one sounds pretty entertaining. Check out your local papers and various websites to find out what's happening. Mark your calendars and take in some events to honour you, our seniors.
0: everyone. Today I'm going to do a quick review of a book that has taken the aging world by storm. The book is by Ashton Applewhite and the title is This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism. Just a note, I ordered the book from Shelf Life Books on 4th Street in Calgary. The Dust Jacket describes Applewhite as an author and an activist, and writer Katha Pollitt sums up the book's premise as follows. From childhood on, we're bombarded by messages that it's sad to be old, that wrinkles are embarrassing, and old people are useless. The book explains the roots of ageism in history and how it divides and debases. It examines how ageist myths and stereotypes cripple the way our brains and bodies function. It looks at ageism in the workplace and in the bedroom. It exposes the cost of the all-American myth of independence, Critiques the portrayal of olders, that's Applewhite's term, as burdens to society, and describes what an all-age-friendly world would look like. The final chapter is a rousing call to action. Okay, I'm pumped. Here's my take on Ashton Applewhite's book, This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism. The introduction recounts Applewhite's realization that her age at the time, 66 years old, put her into the stereotypical category of old. She confronts her feelings around the number, namely fear, fear of losing her looks, becoming invisible, and ultimately death. She recounts her process of awakening as a gradual one, spanning almost 12 years, filled with days spent researching, talking to people, and of finding a mentor. She recalls being prompted by a family member to write something on retirement, which led to interviewing people and later to blocking. The interviews provided insight and what Applewhite refers to as clarity around the idea that many older people actually enjoy growing older. She began to challenge her assumptions and perhaps more importantly, to question them. A statistic found during her research caused Applewhite to confront her fear of an old age spent helpless, confined to a nursing home. To her surprise, a mere 2.5% of Americans over 65 lived in nursing homes. The percentage only grew to 9% for those adults 85 years old and up. Applewhite continued to investigate other aspects of growing older that worried her, such as dementia, a non-existent sex life, and depression. She summed up this phase of her research by unveiling the ultimate surprise, the U-curve of happiness. Essentially, that people are happiest at the beginning and at the ends of their lives. Who knew? Applewhite continued to challenge her assumptions of what old age looked like by investigating the phenomenon of successful aging. Perhaps old age could be delayed by healthy eating, brain training, and positivity and concluded that putting the onus on olders to age better, she was just switching, in her words, dread for denial. This single thought to me sums up the insidiousness of ageism. Applewhite goes on to clarify that her ingrained prejudices against aging are at the heart a prejudice against her future self as inferior to her younger self, which she describes as the linchpin of age denial a denial fueled by an American culture that remains grotesquely youth-centric, depicting olders in extreme terms, fanning the flames of a societal fear of aging. She describes ageism, stereotyping, and discrimination as all leading to oppression, and encourages us, us all to challenge stigma at every turn. She also mentions that ageism is as prevalent for young people as it is for older adults, as the ism stereotypes individuals as too young or too old to do something. Finally, Applewhite highlights the clarity that comes with seeing ageism everywhere and questions the interests that ageism serves in our society, mainly commercial and political interests. The book includes nine chapters. Topics covered include identity, sex, memory, health, the workplace, independence, and the end of life. The book is well-researched and includes many references that are relatively up-to-date, as the book was published in 2016. In Chapter 1, Applewhite recounts a history of ageism and how growing older in America was characterized by two strong emotions, guilt and shame. Despite the fact that Applewhite is describing American culture, I found her characterization comparable to Canadian culture. She writes, the status of older Americans is rooted not only in historic and economic circumstances, but also in deeply human fears about the inherent vulnerabilities of old age, the loss of mobility, visibility, and autonomy. Not all of these transitions will befall us all, and only two unwelcome ones are absolutely inevitable. One, we'll lose people we've known all of our lives, and two, some parts of our bodies will fall apart. These changes are natural, but we live in a culture that is yet to develop the language and tools to help us deal with them. I thought that was a very good characterization. Applewhite goes on to write Internalized, these fears and anxieties, pave the way for a host of unhealthy behaviors that include denial, overcompensation, and worse, actual contempt, which legitimizes stigma and discrimination. Later in the chapter, Applewhite unpacks the irrationality of discriminating against our future selves that can actually manifest into a distaste for oneself. Chapter two begins with a discussion of the language around aging and the either-or dichotomy that pits feeling young with feeling good against feeling bad with feeling old. However, she adds that logically, chronological age is an increasingly unreliable benchmark of what a person is like. I thought her example was spot on. If we lump people together by age, as we do with older adults, consider the alternative. Is every 60-year-old the same as every 90-year-old? It would be the same as saying that adults from 30 years old to 60 years old are all alike. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Applewhite writes at length about a term new to me. She calls it age acceptance and compares it to coming out. Generally speaking, as identifying an attribute that would otherwise be hidden. She asks everyone to consider acknowledging the accomplishment of having come this far, no matter where you land on the age spectrum, and making peace with it. And once you do, the answer to the question, How old are you? becomes two part. First, an honest answer, I'm 56. Second, a follow up question, Why does it matter? Chapter three concerns the older brain and the role of memory. This topic has been in the news for many years now, but Applewhite approaches the subject as a researcher. The statistics are powerful on their own, and it's only when you read them without fear or emotion do you question the way these facts have been presented by the media. For example, despite population aging, dementia rates are falling, significantly, and people are being diagnosed at older and older ages. If this piece of information is, surprisingly, is surprising to you, Applewhite goes on to explain that in our age-obsessed society, cognitive decline is profoundly stigmatizing. Here's a quote from sociologist Irving Goffman. Stigma is an attribute that is deeply discrediting and reduces the bearer of the stigma to a tainted, discounted one, in this case a person. And a reminder throughout this chapter is the fact that neurologists currently have no agreed-upon way to differentiate between Alzheimer's and normal aging. Concurrent to that, research by the UK Alzheimer's Society states that dementia is often worse to witness than to experience. Further to this is one of the report's conclusion that despite activities and socializing becoming more difficult, the people with dementia continued to enjoy their lives. This book is filled with research and stories of older adults that surprised me page after page. As someone who has studied adult education and social media and digital communication, I pride myself in not buying everything the media is selling. Nevertheless, I was amazed at how much I learned about my own prejudice regarding older adults, of course, of which I am one. The final chapter deals with moving past ageism and into a more just future. I do hope you will pick up this book and spread the word. I will leave you with this quote. Occupying age doesn't mean old age. It means acknowledging and embracing the actual process of change on which we embark the day after we're born. Aging means living, and birthdays commemorate that happy fact. The book is called This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism by Ashton Applewhite. I'm Kathy Burrell. Thanks for listening. I seem to be afraid To live the life That I have made In song Well it's just
1: That I've been Losing so. Currently, more than 42,000 Albertans are living with dementia. This past September, the Alzheimer Society of Canada launched the first-ever Canadian Charter of Rights for People with Dementia. The charter will help people living with dementia, as well as their families, address issues of stigmatization, unfair treatment or discrimination, and the right to access appropriate care. For more than a year, the Society worked closely with an advisory group of Canadians living with dementia to determine the Charter's seven specific rights. The group included British Columbian resident Mario Gregorio. In a press release, Gregorio says, as a person living with dementia, it gives me confidence to know that I'm not alone and reassurance that my country, my health and social services and my family, friends and community Are there to lend a hand. We as a nation need to play a leadership role to ensure that people with dementia are not marginalized. The Charter gives people living with dementia the opportunity to advocate for themselves and ensures that their care partners and care providers know and defend their rights. The Charter includes these seven rights to be free from discrimination of any kind, to benefit from all of Canada's civic and legal rights, to participate in developing and implementing policies that affect their life, to access support and opportunities to live as independent and engaged citizens in their community, to be informed and supported so they can fully participate in decisions affecting their care and life from the point of diagnosis to palliative and end-of-life care. To expect that professionals involved in all aspects of their care are trained in dementia and human rights and are accountable to uphold these rights. And lastly, to access effective complaint and appeal procedures when their rights are not protected or respected. Let's talk a moment about a holistic approach to dementia care. The Eden Alternative Approach focuses on the whole human being. Well-being is the cornerstone of the Eden Alternative philosophy. Co-created by Americans Dr. Bill Thomas and Jude Thomas in the early 1990s, the Eden Alternative abandons the institutional approach to nursing home and dementia care and instead focuses on the human spirit as well as the human body in order to create a home where residents can thrive. Often we were not taking into account the human spirit. And of course, for people with dementia, the human spirit is central because people with dementia live more and more in their emotions, says Sue Allen Beattie of Sherbrooke Community Centre in Saskatoon, the first long-term care facility in Western Canada to formally register with the Eden Registry as an Eden Alternative Home. The Eden Registry is an international body that honours organizations committed to transforming traditional care approaches through the Eden Alternative philosophy. Developed especially for those living with dementia, who tend to be at a higher risk for loneliness, helplessness and boredom, the approach emphasizes the importance of companionship from both humans and animals in elder care. It also incorporates an elder-centered approach in which residents have control over their care and it encourages a varied and spontaneous environment. The philosophy encourages the use of the terms elder and care partners, as opposed to caregivers. If you've worked with people with dementia, you clearly understand it is a partnership. People agree or disagree with whether they're going to receive care or not receive care, notes Beatty. The Sherbrooke Community Centre is home to 263 residents as well as day program participants. It has a community garden, art studio, gift shop, and more, all of which provide access to a healthy community environment where they can choose their activities and day-to-day experiences. Opportunities for intergenerational connections are provided from a daycare and a Saskatoon Public School Grade 6 program that also operate out of the centre. BD advocates that people living with dementia be part of healthy, normal communities, as opposed to segregating them. She believes people living with dementia benefit when they remain connected to their relationships, nature, and varied activities. In trying to make the world safe for people with dementia, we risk losing the good parts of life too. Learn more at sherbrookecommunitycenter.ca. Saving for retirement and making sure we have enough money to last us when we no longer have a salary or a workplace pension is always on our mind during our working years and a topic of discussion at many dinner parties. It's hard to project how much money we'll need to maintain the lifestyle we are accustomed to, along with having travel money and emergency funds in case we need them. So we save and save as much as we can and seek financial advice along the way It's sometimes hard to understand all the scenarios presented during discussions with financial planners. Most advise you not to withdraw money from RRSPs until you're well past 65 because of the tax advantages. Determining how much to withdraw and not worry about running out of money is another consideration. By law, Canadians must convert their RRSPs into annuities or RRIFs by the end of the year in which they turn 71. Then there is a mandatory minimum yearly withdrawal that is taxed. Richard Shillington, an Ottawa-based statistician who sits on the Council of Aging, thinks many Canadians would be well advised to cash out any RSPs around the age 65. Shillington sits on an income security panel and says there is a well-known issue among financial planners that is not always discussed, and that is, Drawing from your RRSPs could result in clawbacks of government benefits for some seniors who are receiving the Guaranteed Income Supplement, among other income-based benefits and tax credits. By the way, one-third of Canadian seniors receive the GIS benefit. With an RRSP, income taxes are deferred until you start drawing the money out. You don't pay tax when you put the money into the RRSP, and in most cases you'll receive a tax refund which you can reinvest or spend on something special. Canadians usually convert RRSPs into registered retirement income funds when they stop working and for sure by the year they turn 71. Then they start drawing the money out for use throughout retirement. Withdrawals are taxed at a rate based on overall annual income, which includes other sources of retirement income and government benefits. This works well for most seniors because less income is needed in retirement When the mortgage is paid and the children are grown. Of course we'd all welcome a lower tax rate which comes with lower income. Taxes paid on RRIF withdrawals are lower than taxes you didn't have to pay all those years you contributed to your RRSP. If your expenses change minimally after retirement, there won't be much difference between your pre-retirement and post-retirement income tax rate. The investments in your RRSP still grow tax-free the same as if you had contributed to a tax-free savings account. The difference is that money taken out of an RRSP or RRIF counts for income tax purposes, while TFSA withdrawals do not. This means that RRSP and RIF money can put seniors in a higher income bracket that could result in a clawback of some government benefits. The consequences can be concerning for low-income seniors who are usually eligible for the GIS, a supplementary, non-taxable amount they receive along with their old-age security pension. But GIS benefits are scaled back as income rises. Chillington's report to the Ottawa Council of Aging shows seniors could lose roughly 50 cents in GIS benefits for every $1 of income, as explained in the following example. If a retiree withdrew $1,000 from their RRSP, depending on their income, they could stand to lose $500 in GIS benefits and still be taxed on their $1,000 withdrawal. Withdrawing $1,000 out of a TFSA would have no impact on their GIS amount. Seniors could also face clawbacks on other income-based benefits such as drug and rent subsidies. Definitely some things to give serious thought to, and seek advice from a financial advisor, if you think any of this might affect you. The next big question is how do we figure out how much we need to save for retirement? When you ask a financial advisor, they'll likely say, it all depends. You might be surprised to hear that gender is one of the things it depends on. Women tend to live longer than men, so females have more years of retirement to cover. If you withdraw too little, it can be a costly mistake, especially if you have considerable funds in RRSPs or RIFs. RIF income qualifies for income splitting, which can lower a couple's overall taxes. The challenge is determining how much you can withdraw from an RRSP or a RIF without hitting the next tax bracket. Government benefits should be part of the calculation too. For couples who are splitting their RIF income, Postponing receiving Canada Pension Plan and old age security benefits until age 70 might help reduce tax rates. PPP and OAS pension payments are taxable income, which could move you into a higher tax bracket. With OAS, if your overall income for the year reaches a certain limit, you may have to repay part of your OAS pension. The value of an RRSP or an RRIF when you die is generally included on your final tax return which can lead to a large amount of tax owing, which leaves less money for your family. With a TFSA, your designated beneficiaries would only have to pay tax on any income earned by your investments after the time of your death. The rest can be paid out tax-free. For managing your investments and retirement, figuring out the most efficient withdrawal strategy definitely requires the advice of a professional, trusted advisor. On the Our next topic has to do with age-friendly universities. The University of Calgary has joined the Age-Friendly University Global Network in a bid to support mature learners. The U of C currently waives tuition fees for undergraduate, direct-entry, bachelor-level courses for students over 65 years of age to meet the needs of an increasing number of older adults who would like to become lifelong learners. Universities have a responsibility to be accessible to all. Older students are encouraged to participate in health, wellness, and arts programs and all aspects of university life. This initiative has only been around for a couple of years, and already many worldwide universities are joining the Age-Friendly Network such as Trent University, Ryerson, McMaster, Arizona State, and Dublin City University, to name a few. The university's Brenda Strafford Center on Aging recognizes the educational needs of older adults and wants to promote the value of older adults in the university community. The center's priorities are interdisciplinary research, training, and community outreach. The Centre on Aging will gather statistics on older adults at the University and use this information in decision-making about programs. There are plans in place for the Cambridge Manor, a continuing care facility which will be built in the University District, a brand new housing development adjacent to the University of Calgary. There will also be an assisted living facility as well as an independent living complex. The Brendard Stratford Centre has a commitment to aging in place, and what better way than partnering with New Housing Developments and the University of Calgary. That's it for our program today. Thank you so much for listening to CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Our program is age to perfection and old enough to know better.